Chuck is a podcast featuring active service members discussing thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, you are expressing advice. Good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pit Talk, Pulling Pits and Opinions with your host, Gunny G. We're back after a week break. we got a special guest today. Before we get there, though, follow, like, subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts and on social media platforms. Uh, not so much TikTok because that's, that's a hard one to peel back, I'll tell you that. Uh, but if you don't, please let me, leave a comment, DM me, d- criticize, don't criticize. Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, constructive criticism is good criticism. Uh, today we have a special guest. I call him Chaplain Redman, but he's going to introduce himself a little bit about yourself, sir. Uh, b- uh, background, billets, uh, you know, how long you've been in, things of that nature. Yeah. I think special is, uh, the right word. I'm special in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate that. Uh, background, I'm from Hotlanta, Georgia. They're uh, so I'm an AT alien outcast you know all the old school Atlanta <laughs> stuff that's good uh but came in through the chaplain candidate pipeline 2008 uh went through graduate school got a master's divinity uh in 2011 and then spent a couple years doing clinical pastoral education <clears throat> at the uh, veterans affairs hospital in Atlanta and then I moved on to St. Joseph's did my residency at a Catholic hospital, spent all my time in the cardiopulmonary wing, the emergency room, uh, oncology. Um, got to do a lot of good things in that regard. Uh, and it really prepared me for Navy chaplaincy. And I applied for active duty in 2012 and came on board in 2013. Uh, ended up here in Bremerton at the hospital. Um, so asked not to be in hospitals and be on the East Coast. They sent me to Washington to a hospital. That's kind of how the, the Navy works, but it's probably the best build of my career. I uh, met a lot of good friends there, and here I am back in Washington now. I begged to come back here. Uh, but in between that time period, I went down to San Diego. Uh, I was with 3rd Mall, the Marine Air Wing there, deployed with the 11th Mew for about 11, 10, 11 months or so. Uh, I was the aviation combat element chaplain, and then I moved on to Mayport, Florida, where I served the Paul Ignatius and the USS Roosevelt, a couple deployments in there, one during COVID, uh, and then I moved on to Goose Creek, South Carolina, and I spent some time with the nukes in what they call nuclear power training unit, the, the final phase of their training pipeline. And uh, I got to see kind of the academic rigors they go through and the hardships they go through. And then God blessed me with Marine Corps Security Force Battalion Banger. Uh, blessed to be back in the Pacific Northwest and with the Marines, which is a really unique thing. Not a lot of Marines up here. Mm. Um, and, and the mission set's unique, too. So it's a good place to be. So it sounds like overall pretty good, pretty good so far, huh? Yeah, yeah. Nothing to really complain about, but... 
but what we've talked about previous, right? But yeah, that's not part of this no discussion. Complaints. <laughs> no Just, complaints. Just uh, mission accomplishment. That's, <laughs> that's it. good. That's good. <laughs> so the reason why I got you on, um, sir, if I may, uh, don't give me a complex. <laughs> um, is the spiritual warfighter? They call it moral fitness, right? But I, I, I think it, I think of it as spirituality. Yeah. Really, who defines us as the mind, body, soul kind of thing, or physical, yeah. uh, mental, and what's the other one? Warfighter type of aspect. Can't well, think of the last one, but well, spiritual, spiritual. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, what to you? To you, I know there's, I'm sure there's a Bible definition or a book definition, publication definition, whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah. But for you, what is the spiritual warfighter? Um, I would say spiritual warfighter is somebody who can accomplish the mission um, and execute and, and, and stay in the fight without losing themselves. Hmm. Um, believing in something greater than themselves. Uh, so when, you know, when they're in the stuff or, or they're, they're in the fight, um, they're not losing focus of who they are. They know who they are. They're relying upon who they are. Uh, and, and it gets them through the fight so that they can process what happens during the fight after the fact. Mm. They're not trying to figure out who they are during general quarters or in combat or when the proverbial stuff hits the fan. They know who they are. That's good. That's good. Um kind of rolls into the next question there's obviously challenges with military and i think that you can touch on navy and marine corps i'm sure you could touch across the board and all service all branches but yeah. um this does spirit having a solid found spiritual life help or is it really put on the back burner when you're serving that's a hard question mm. does it help? i'm a chaplain you know how i'm going to answer that <laughs> yeah i think it absolutely helps um have people gotten through that process without a spiritual backing? Yeah, but that's where they're at more risk for PTSD and moral injury and things like that. So having uh, you know something you believe in, faith, um, or, or even a philosophy of life, something greater than you to believe in, that's going to put you at less risk for spiritual injury or moral injury is what we call it now, or PTSD. Interesting. So that goes and in, kind of ties into my next question. Spiritual beliefs provide a strength and resilience, right? Uh, what exactly, if you can point point something right now to for the service members listening, mm -hmm. uh, what is that that it does? Like, I'm sure there's in talking with you weekly, right? There's a lot of things that go on, but just provide one little tidbit of insight for people listening right now in terms of resilience and strength in terms of in when they're dealing with stress. Yeah, I mean, so we we kind of talked about this before we started the podcast, like how hard the job can be in the military, mm -hmm. how hard the lifestyle can be. Uh, believing in something greater than you, and for, for you and I, it's the Christian faith, right? Believing in Jesus. Um, everything we do in this job, it's it's not for the Marine Corps, it's not for the Navy, it's it's for a purpose much greater. And there's a lot of things we'll be asked to do, or, or maybe we're treated less than desirable at times. Um, but we're still expected to do our job for people who may not uh, earn our respect or our trust. I, I think when in terms of spirituality, um, because you're doing it for a purpose much higher than the institution or the individual asking you to do it, it allows you to always accomplish that mission with dignity uh, and with faith and with a belief that 
there will be a good outcome at some point in time. So you always have that backing. There's something more to what you're doing than, than just doing it because you're ordered to do it. That's good. Uh, you kind of, you kind of, I'm going to take that whole thing and it's disregard. And you said one little thing of it was, yeah. it's not very appealing, right? Not the right, not the correct word verbatim, but you said it's not appealing to maybe people watching us or, you know, watching what we do. Why is it, do you think POV hashtag, right? Personal, personal view mm-hmm. is, uh, do you think that it is, uh, it is kind of looked differently or you look people look at you differently because you put your spirituality at the forefront in terms of service and is is there a negative connotation in terms of if we do that we could do we could happen or this could happen are you talking about as far as like how fellow service members look at us Mm -hmm. for being spiritual Uh, yeah i think a lot of people do look at it as like this antiquated thing like spirituality is not relevant anymore and i think that happens a lot in kind of the peacetime part of what we do as well uh when combat's happening and 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 there's war happening and people are dying and there's casualties i think people are less likely to look at it that way uh and in fact i think the marines are the ones that created the old adage there's no atheists in foxholes so yeah i mean do people look at it weird and differently it depends on the service member and where they come from how they were raised and, and what they were raised to believe. Um, but I think it just depends on the service member and how they look at spirituality and faith. That's good. That's good. If you're not listening, listen up. We've got Chaps Redman. You didn't share your first name, by the way, for oh, the listeners. Sean. Sean. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. solid. S-H-A-W, and it's the right way to spell. So. <laughs> that's not, good. Not like Doc Houskins. He's S-E-A-N. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a debate about who who's right and who's wrong well if you're asking my opinion i'm i'm a little biased <laughs> i'm a little biased chaps um how can practicing mindfulness and meditation sp- spiritual mindfulness and spiritual meditation make us better service members you touched on it a little bit but let's go into depth more yeah so for me they're all kind of connected uh you know we're taught jesus taught us how to pray the, the lord's prayer he said, go into that closet, that quiet place, and this is how you should pray. Um, but it could also be, you know, in times you would see Jesus go out into the wilderness. He needed to get away from his his mission, uh, from the people to be with God, to go find himself. Uh, so I think a lot of it's going into the wilderness, uh, finding that quiet place. Maybe it is a closet for you. Maybe it's the trails, the woods. Um and meditating for us as Christians is prayer, but maybe for some people it's yoga. Uh, for me, running, I'm I'm one of those, you know, Forrest Gump types. I just like to run, right? Uh, so meditation, running is a form of meditation for me. It's my mind, my body, and my soul working in unison, where they all become one. It happens more in running a lot of times than it does in church. Hmm. Um, so for a lot of these guys. Uh, I try to teach them what warrior toughness teaches. That's a, a you know kind of a course the Navy's become big on, um, and and preparation's a big part of that. And in that preparation phase is meditation, or prayer, or mindfulness, um, being able to envision what that mission is going to be. Walk yourself through it mentally, um, and, and try to you know smell the smell, see the things, hear the things. Maybe have somebody with more wisdom than you. 
uh, walk you through it and mindfully prepare yourself for what is this thing going to be like? How am I going to react to it? How am I going to get through it? Um, so I think it's religious in a lot of ways, um, but it doesn't have to be either. That's good. That's good. So I know that you talked touched a little bit about deployments. How does having a strong foundation contribute to a, a good deployment for a service member, right? Do, do we do enough prep spiritually before we do the workup, before we go on the mew, before we go forward deployed? Or is there not enough? Do you think that we should do more? Like as a institution? As an institution, yes. I, I think we do a lot to prepare. I wouldn't necessarily call it spiritual in nature, but there's a lot of things to prepare for deployment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about like just the exercises or, or the workups, that's preparing the warfighter. Uh, it's a form of mindfulness. It's, it's, you know, what they're doing is they're teaching muscle memory. Mm. Um, but does that happen from a spiritual or religious place a lot of times? It's kind of left up to the individual. Uh, so for me as a chaplain, yeah, I help prepare a lot of people for that. But it's only when when they need me to do that for them. I don't know that there's a program, per se, to get them spiritually ready. Uh, although the Navy is working on those things like warrior toughness uh, and programs like that, which involves the mind, the body, and the soul, uh, which General Mattis was big on that that part, the spiritual side of who we are, too. Yeah, so do you think, in your opinion, they should do more? Um, I mean, this is a personal sure. opinion. This is, I mean, do you think that that should be part of the PTP's workups for Marines and sailors that go forward deployed? Is that, you know, I, I correlate to, you know, when you're in San Diego as a drone soldier, you have, you have a week of prep, right? You do all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of prep, administrative prep, yeah. you know, SOP prep, RTO prep, whatever it is that they're doing to get them prepared for that weekend. Um, spirituality is not one of them. I'll tell you that. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should do more on it? I mean, just be, just be very transparent. I I think that's, that's a loaded question, but, but yeah, as a chaplain, absolutely. I mean, if I, if I were to say no, what kind of chaplain would I be? Or do we do enough? Right. That's that's, that's a better answer. That's a better question too. Do we do enough? Uh, that gets into, you know, what you perceive as being enough. Mm -hmm. I think some people say, yes, we do. Um, but could we improve it? Absolutely. Uh, there's definitely ways that we could get people more prepared spiritually, but it also takes individuals willing to go through that. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it comes down to the service members asking for it too, um, to ask for more spiritual readiness. Um, but that is a big push in the Chapman Corps right now, spiritual readiness and, and, and how can we prepare the warfighter for what's to come um, with all the things on the horizon? That's good. Uh, so that goes kind of, can spiritual beliefs provide comfort in terms of when they face injury, loss, trauma in the line of duty? You're talking about the Navy preparing. Well, can you maybe name some of the things that they're in trying to include or trying to incorporate with, with our training? Yeah, so, so warrior toughness is a big one. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, what we call professional development training courses on things like moral injury. Uh, in fact, um, a couple of Saturdays ago, I said there's there's a guy, Dr. Harold Koenig out of Duke University, who's worked hand in hand with the Navy Chaplain Corps on developing these programs. So I had an eight hour course on moral injury and how that ties in the PTSD mm. and how spirituality uh, affects those things. Um, not necessarily religion. But spirituality, believing in something greater than yourself, 
and I think the one of the statistics he he's found through his studies is uh, people when it comes to suicide, which is a big problem for us in the military right now. It's one of the biggest things we're dealing with. It's a different kind of war that we're fighting. That service members are eighty percent less likely, and, and that may not be the exact number, but it's close. Eighty percent less likely uh, to suicide when they believe uh, in a religion or something greater than themselves, mm. most likely a religion um, because of the morals and values that are instilled in that person, as opposed to someone who's not sure what they believe or may not believe in anything at all. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not really, I'm not pervy to, uh, what happens, you know, post service, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons, but, um, and you said you've worked with some. Oh, yeah. I was at the VA for about 10 months for an internship. Okay. So did you see a lot of, uh, what did you do in that capacity to help service members spiritually so that they can come from that? Uh, so a lot of it's ministry of presence. Um, just being with that person as they talk about what their injuries are. And, and for a lot of veterans, um, they don't, they they rarely talk about um, what happened to them with their families or with anybody. And for a lot of veterans, I sat with there at the end of their lives. Uh, these were World War II veterans. This is this was probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So there's still a lot of World War II veterans were sick and dying at that point. Vietnam veterans, uh, Korean War veterans. There were some OEF OIF guys in there that had never shared any of their injuries, their spiritual injuries, with anyone. So a lot of what I would do as a chaplain is just listen to them and allow them to kind of get the emotional infection out uh, so that they could begin to heal again. Uh, and if you think about that in terms of what Jesus did, a lot of what he did is he just he listened or he was there with people. And then he moved forth with, you know, repentance and things like that. That's good. How um, what what were the first, second line, third of uh yeah, rephrase that question. What were the initial impacts for those service members? Like, did they did they come from, or did they? Hey, were they like okay, remorseful? Hey, it's time. There's some conviction there. Like, I I gotta reroute, so to speak. Yeah, a lot of a lot of tears shed, and some of those guys probably had never cried in front of anybody before. Hmm. Um, but they were able to kind of release the pain, uh, and, and we worked on things like forgiveness. And and repentance, repentance not being begging for God's forgiveness or mercy or grace, repentance being changing, changing the way they thought about themselves or the way they looked back upon these things they had to do or that were done to them. And then the forgiveness part, you know, how can you forgive yourself uh, so that you can believe that God also forgives you and that you can forgive others? They realize a lot of it was more about their inner struggles than all these external things they thought it was about. This one I have to read because it's a good one, right? So can a strong sense of spiritual identity and purpose help military warfighters maintain their sense of humanity during dehumanizing aspects of warfighting and warfare? Can you read that one more time? That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) So there's there's the spiritual identity, right? Yeah. And then there's warfighting. And sometimes there's things that we do or service members do that's dehumanizing. Sure. During war fighting. If you're prepared spiritually and you have a spiritual identity, how does that help prevent those dehumanizing situations during warfare? 
I don't know that it can prevent anything that happens out there. Uh, in fact, you know, to have a strong sense of religion and moral value, a lot of times those wounds can be deeper. Ooh. Um, when you transgress your morals, that's where shame is. You violate part of who you are. And sometimes those things, they're orders. They're things they have to do or, or things happen out of uh, happenstance or, or out of, you know, the randomness of life. Um, you know, if you use the example of a service member who kills a civilian, not meaning to, but it was part of what their order was or what their mission was, an explosion or, you know, a misfire or something like that. How do they make sense out of that? Um, and that deep injury they have because their religion says thou shall not kill. Hmm. Um, what happens there is they're able to look at it through the lens of that. Yes, I, I cross that that moral or that value I have in place, but there's also forgiveness. There's also grace. There's also mercy. I can't really take away what happened. I can't change that. But what I can change is how I respond to this thing that happened to me or that I did to someone else. It doesn't have to define me. It doesn't have to destroy me. I can look at it in such a way that I can kind of harness my emotions and and work on how can I forgive myself? How can I live with this? How can I move on? and live in spite of those things. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. It's, I have to whisper that. I'm still trying to figure those things out for myself. So. <laughs> Can you give some personal, uh, personal background in terms of what you just said here? Like, Hey, you know, this is, I can't, I can't change the outcome of war, but I can definitely uh, do this and do that. Yeah. So, and but some personal, uh, personal, relatability to that that statement. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have things from the past in our lives, things that have happened to us or or things we've done, mistakes we've made people. I I don't think any of us can say we've never hurt anybody. Um, but all that's in the past. We, unless you can, I mean, maybe you have something I don't have. Can you go back to the past and, and, and change anything that happened to you or that you've done? Do you have the ability to do that? Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. Oh, hey, no, nope, I can't. Okay. I was hoping you did. That way I could I could get you to help me. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, none of us have that ability, but how much time and energy do we do we spend on trying to do that? Going going back to those things, right? Um, going back to these people that have heard us or these events we've done that, that have transgressed who we are. Uh, instead, we can take that time and energy and invest it into how can we heal from that how can we move on from that? And how can we change? How can we uh, move on in a better direction in life and, and, and heal and, and help repair those things if we can? If we can't, how do we leave it where it is? How do we process it? And how do we move on? I think that's true forgiveness, being able to move on and be a good person in spite of those things that have happened, kind of letting yourself out of the prison, so to speak. Mm. Mm, that's good. Yeah. How does having serving a, a higher power or, you know, that that kind of thing correlate with service in terms of being a ser- being in the service? And do, do they mix and match kind of thing? Do they or is it murky waters? Yeah. And you could just speak on Navy and Marine Corps on this one. Like, hey, do, is it, you know, we have honor, courage, and commitment and, and those things tie very well to our spirituality. Right. So you should probably join. Right. That kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know if that's that's the truth, right? Uh, but it, I think it goes back to what we talked about before. If whatever you do in life is for that higher power, um, that's the lens at which you look at it through. In fact, I was dealing with with a Marine the other day who's going through some things, got himself into some trouble. He's doing some remedial tasks, right? He's sweeping floors and you know doing a lot of cleaning and things that he views as beneath him. And so, you know, before we got into, well, what got you into that <laughs> yeah, mess? Yeah. I asked him, you know, well, who are you doing it for? And, you know, for him, it was the corporal, whoever ordered him to do it. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, okay, but is, is there something else you believe in life? Is there a moral or a value that drives you to do whatever you're doing with dignity and respect and to the best of your abilities? And he said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I, I believe in God and things like that. I'm like, so is what you're doing, sweeping that floor, is it really for that corporal? Or is it for a purpose much higher? Are you doing that for God? And if you're not sweeping that floor to the best of your ability, who are you letting down, the corporal or, or your God? Mm. If everything we do is for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God, you know, maybe you should sweep that floor even better. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he, he, he wasn't so happy about that because I kind of had him in a trap, right? Yeah. But it's the truth. Um, if, if we claim to believe in a higher power and we do have faith in God, everything we do uh, should be done through that lens. Uh, just as Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Hmm. And what he, what he was doing is a very meek task. Meek. Meekness meaning not weak or or feeble, but powerless. In that moment, his power had been taken away because he got himself in trouble and he's being ordered to do these things he thought were beneath him. But if you looked at it through that lens, if I'm sweeping these floors to the best of my ability and and I'm making that that corner or that space look tip top, um, what does that say about my character and about my faith and about who I'm really serving? Ouch. So that's really good. You should probably be, be more present during mass than uh, NJPs. <laughs> then, then we don't have to worry about yeah. what you know their task assigned. But here, uh, question: and there's two, there's two there. I'll do the first one. You said it doesn't really. Not, you didn't say it, but I and I, what you told me, I kind of interpreted in my way of it doesn't necessarily align with values in in military organization. Spirituality doesn't. But because you serve a higher power, it it kind of, that gets pushed, and you'll do everything to the best of your ability, to serve, you know, for the glory of God. Why do, why doesn't it necessarily jive all the time? Well, I I think it does if you look at it the right way. I mean, honor, courage, commitment—you would find all those in any holy scripture, right? Those values are all there to to honor God, to have moral and physical courage, um, and to be committed. To something greater than yourself, uh, but for some people who aren't ready to believe in God or, or they feel betrayed by religion, uh, those that's still a very spiritual concept. So I think they're on the same level. Even if if let's say the Marine Corps is your form of spirituality, living by honor, courage, and commitment, if you're truly doing that, it's making you a better person. Um, but I don't know that everybody looks at it that way. We're so used to, to hearing those things. I don't think we're we're taught that those are actual values that define our character. Uh, and, and just as the battalion CO said not too long ago in a uh, all-hands call, 
the the uh, how does he put it? It came from the anatomy of courage. The character we display in peacetime demonstrates the courage we show in combat. Um, so if we're living by those things while in garrison and as we enter the military, when we're actually out there and our, and our courage is put to the test, it defines who we are. Hmm. And I don't think religion's much different. There's a religion to the Marine Corps and the Navy. Um, and if people looked at it that way, like this is the framework for my morals, values, and character, uh, we would all be better service members. Because they're, they're, they're really good values. But are, can you? Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I think we're we're a little bit on the same page. There's no really disagreement here. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> maybe because we're over the hill in terms of age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's bring that down to this generation. Okay, I don't think that this generation, and this could I could be wrong. Not generally speaking, right? I use the example. I got really upset two weeks ago. Yeah. Like super, my blood was boiling, right? There's a couple sailors in mast. And I like how they do it. They're a position of attention, like ready for it, right? Mm -hmm. I love it. Marines need to be doing that too. Position of attention, ready for it to walk into the, see the, you know, the man. Yeah. But they were smiling and it just got my blood boiling. And it wasn't, not like I hated the fact they were smiling. I just passionately didn't like what they were doing at the position of attention. Maybe it was kind of the PTSD of drill instructor duty, but I don't think it was. I think it was, I was really royally upset because why are you laughing when you're coming into this, into this situation that's not only affecting you, but everybody else around you. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't think that, and again, this is my opinion, but generally speaking, I don't think that they take in consideration that piece and then make a decision. They just kind of, self self this i'm gonna do this because i want to do this it has nothing to do with anybody else but just i yeah and that's a lot of the things that we see here is you they're getting in trouble because they're fleshly desires but they don't really take a look at the big picture and that's maybe because of the age but even then when i was 21 22 yeah i still had a trouble with it but i was married had two kids so my obligations and decision making were different than a normal 22 year old. Yeah. Why isn't that they're looking at the big picture as a, at this young age? Well, I can guarantee you they didn't come out of mass laughing and smiling. <laughs> um, so maybe that was part of it, right? <laughs> uh, maybe that's part of the character development. Like, Hey, this is a joke until you stand in front of the man and you realize, Oh, this isn't a joke. Hmm. Uh, I have character flaws. And, and when NJP is done properly, I think it, and the way I think the CO does it, and he does it very well, is it teaches them like, hey, repentance, change. Here's your chance to change and take these character flaws and turn it into a character strength. Learn from this, right? And I think we were all knuckleheads at that age, and we all made mistakes, even though some of us didn't stand before the CO because we got away with whatever we did. Hmm. Um, it's, it's a learning opportunity, and that's what I try to help them see. Like, hey, you can look at this as a failure, or you can look at it as a, a chance to turn turn your life around uh, to be a better marine or sailor, and you know, not embarrass yourself or or the cloth that you wear, or or betray your morals and values you were raised to have. That's good. Let, let me let me ask you something. Yeah. Being being tucked away in this corner, how uh, 
How has that affected your mental state? Because usually this is a nice little cave you got going on here. Yeah. How does it affect my mental state? <laughs> is there a lot of time to think to your own? Uh, what is that? Uh, what's that word I'm looking for? So you're like, you're trying to praise and all of a sudden you're, you're freaking, your mind starts telling you different things because you're here in, in quiet and silence. No, I mean, a lot of times I'm not in quiet and silence. <laughs> I'm in the chaos of others' minds, right? Well, okay. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good, that's a good thing to bring up because I think the quiet is problematic for most service members, yeah, uh, including, uh, including me as a chaplain. Hmm. Uh, chaos... And I come from a background of chaos. It's why a lot of us join the military, we're looking for normalcy or structure, only to get here and they give us normalcy and structure, and that's intimidating to us. We'd okay. rather be in the chaos, right? Oh. And, and Marines say that all the time. I don't want to be in garrison. I want to be fighting war. That's what I joined to do. I'm like, but you have to learn how to live in quiet, too. Uh, but that's where really people struggle with all the moral injury and the trauma, is you can take a Marine and put them in a firefight all day long and they're going to thrive and they're going to operate all that muscle memory is going to come to action. But you put them in a, in a quiet room in a chair by themselves for 30 minutes and they'll start to unravel (laughs) because there's no more chaos. They have to deal with the thoughts. They have to deal uh, with the moral transgressions. That's deep. I would say, yeah, even for me, a quiet room sometimes can be very intimidating. I'd rather be, running into the fire, dealing with other people's chaos because it's a distraction. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> give me a minute. I got to soak that in. Cause I mean, that, that, that resonates with me because I know we spoke on, on a couple weeks back. I'm like, like mm-hmm. these drives are quiet. And I, again, feeling is very deceptive, right? It says, you know, what is it? I can't, I can't think of the verse. Um, lean not on your own understanding, but and I can't even say it anymore, but yeah, I'm sure you know, the verse is mm-hmm. my feelings are very deceptive. And I say like, man, I feel far from grace in these silent situations, but you saying it just unraveling is, it's actually a good thing that you need to unravel because yeah. you got to figure out who you, tr- how you truly tick and who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about Jesus, He's sitting there, he's with the disciples in the storm, right? And and the storm's raging, the disciples, and Jesus is asleep Mm. on the aft end of the boat, just in the middle of chaos, he's in the quiet, and he's fine, because Jesus knew how to operate in the storms of life. He he was able to find the eye of the storm, so to speak. So he's at peace, perfectly fine, asleep, and the disciples are losing their minds, and they wake him up, like, Jesus, Jesus, you know, things are getting bad. What should we do? And Jesus gets up and he basically says, be still. And then things calm down. That's a message for us, right? Like, <laughs> oh, boy. Be still. And even in the storm, you have to find a place where you can calm down, be still, and gather your emotions and, and figure out, you know, who's really in control here? Is it you? <laughs> We're not in control of much, right? Mm-mm. Except for how we respond to the storm. And that's where the faith piece comes in. Is the only thing I'm in control of here is really reaching out to God and and asking God to petition things on my behalf or to calm things on my behalf. That's good. Be still. Yeah. So this quiet place is good. It's yeah. Well, outside the beeping of <laughs> there obviously construction happening. I'm sure that'll be edited out here. Yeah. But uh, that's good because a lot of people think it. I think 
because they don't understand the unraveling of life in those quiet moments. Yeah. That's 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 pretty profound because a lot of people think, man, I can't hear nothing. Yeah. And I'm left to my own thought. Yeah. My own thought process and my own thought process is is wicked and already in itself already, mm-hmm. not even to include spirituality, but it's just it's wicked already. So that could be a a bad onion to peel already mm-hmm. in terms of PTSD, depression, anxieties, you know, on the far right, suicide. Yeah. That's crazy because if you left your own thoughts, mm-hmm. who knows what'll happen. Yeah, I mean that's why TikTok, YouTube shorts you know, the Facebook stuff, like all that stuff's so powerful because it allows us to remain in the chaos. Hmm. And whenever a thought creeps in, we can just scroll, 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 scroll. We'd rather have, you know, images and, and videos and thoughts of other people. We're sitting here doing a podcast, right? We'd rather <laughs> listen to those things than to deal with our own inner happenings. Oh, uh, but man. how many people will go through life just scrolling? Hmm. Uh, all of us probably will if we can. But the problem is, at some point in time, you have to sit in that quiet space. You know, what happens when the phone battery dies or, you know, the power's out? <laughs> People lose their minds. They don't know what to do. Oh, but boy. if we incorporate that as a spiritual fitness item, just as we would, you know, something with physical fitness, doing push-ups for upper body strength. Marines are great at doing pull-ups and things like that. But how many, how many hours do they spend on spiritual fitness, Right. If you just worked your upper body out and never worked out your legs, which a lot of Marines are kind of guilty of, what happens? Look like a chicken leg. You end up like Incredible Hulk up top mm. and you have, you know. Ronnie Coleman legs after yeah. after the bad incident. Little bitty, you know, skinny legs. And I'm the opposite because I love to run more than I do upper body. Mm. So I'm more developed on the other end. I have raptor arms and a huge lower body. Uh, oh, but shit. we don't look at spirituality the same way. Are we spiritually kind of emaciated? Uh, and, and how often do we exercise our spirituality? Do we sit in those quiet places to work on that spiritual strength? Mm. A lot of us never do. And then we wonder why we're struggling when life gets hard. Oh, well, boy. We got those skinny legs, and they're not really supporting <laughs> us spiritually, right? That's good. That's good. If you just tuned in, I mean, just listen to the last five minutes. It's great. Um, whoa. Yeah spiritual development i think i think a lot of people correlate physical development physically fit mm-hmm. into their mental fitness because if you're physically fit well you can mentally handle stress you'll yeah. be fine and they don't they really put spirituality on the back burner but that's just another piece of mental fitness yeah that's crazy yeah i mean physical fitness has a lot to do with mental toughness and spiritual toughness right uh, we know that being in a war fighting organization but it, the opposite is the same. What happens if, you, if you're relying upon your physical fitness and then you lose a limb or, or you get injured and you can't work out and you're kind of sedentary, right? Well, you have to sit in the quiet. And that's where that spiritual fitness comes in handy <laughs> because you're used to sitting in that quiet space. You're not intimidated by it. You're okay with it. It's actually a good thing. Wow. So. I need some more quiet time. We all do in it's this more, world. Yeah, absolutely. This is mm-hmm. it, it's true. It's a lot. Actually, you know what? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, one saver. Let's. I know that we have a busy. I know you have a busy schedule being a chaplain, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But one last save round. If 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 you can give anybody sound 
<laughs> I mean, sound wisdom, which I think you can, but, um, if, if you had one last thing to say to save the one or inspire the one, what would it be right now? I, I would say find your path, your, your spiritual path, whatever that may be. For me, it's obviously Christianity. I think for you the same, but if, if that's not your thing, find your path. I mean, if you look at, we'll use the Marine Corps as an example, you look at all the people that we uphold as our heroes, right? Chesty Puller. Every Marine knows who Chesty is. There's a picture of Chesty in every gym, every <laughs> office. There's memes everywhere. But he was kind. Of, he was a quiet uh, person in terms of devotion and faith. Uh, but he was open about it sometimes. I, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but he had a fondness for Catholic chaplains in World War II in the Pacific. And the reason why is because he said they always went forward with their with their Marines. They were always out there in the fight, always present with them, suffering with them, hmm. taking care of the ones who were injured and dying. Right? And he had a he was Episcopalian or Episcopal, and he had a dislike for Protestant chaplains because he said they weren't willing to do that. That their spiritual path prohibited them from going out and fighting the Marines. In fact, there was a Protestant. Uh, a uh, minister or chaplain who came to Chesty and complained that the Catholic chaplains were kind of cherry picking all of the the Marines to go to their services. And he's like, "Well, why do you think that is? Maybe if you're willing to go forward with with the men, with the Marines, and be with them, you wouldn't have this problem." Oh man! And uh, so he ended up, and this is in New Guinea, I think. He ended up seeing this chaplain again who. He stayed behind. He didn't go out with his Marines. And he's like, you remember that conversation we had about you uh, being afraid of the Catholic chaplain stealing all your people? I wonder why that is. And he kind of gave him a hard time. He's like, this is the reason why. Because you're not where you're supposed to be. Um, and in terms of like choosing your path, I think as chaplains, that's even important for us. Because some people may choose the path where they're going to stay behind. And they're not going to be out there. And they're not going to suffer with their people. And, and I think all of us are inclined to do that. None of us likes to suffer. Uh, but no matter what you're doing, even if you're a chaplain, I think if you choose the pathway of suffering uh, to, to be with your people, your, your Marines, your sailors, wherever they are, uh, and live like them and be with them and take care of them, uh, whether you're a PFC or, or the CO, um, that puts us all on the same page, that it's shared suffering but you also have to have a pathway uh, to deal with that suffering in your own way. I think there needs to be that collective effort, the common good, but there also has to be that individual relationship with a higher power or a spiritual path. Because at the end of this life, we can't take everybody with us. We cross that bridge alone. Hmm. And whatever we believe is either going to bring us a sense of peace uh, or, or it's going to be a hard thing for us. So that would be my, my one thing is find your path and be okay with it because at some point in time we all have to cross, cross that bridge called called death. Uh, it's a big part of life. Mm-hmm. And that's really where it matters the most is start developing it now so you don't get to that point. And as a hospice chaplain, I saw that. I saw the two different pathways, people who had spent a lifetime devoted to their faith or to their beliefs. It brought them a great sense of peace for the most part. And then people who are actually struggling to figure it out towards the end of their life. It was a much different um, experience for those people. Wow. So 
I don't, I don't know if I think I went down a rabbit. Trail. No, no, that's really good. I mean, that's a that's a good way to end it. It's just you well, need with, to find you need Chesty to, Puller. It's always a good yeah one for Chesty. Hey, there it is right there in, in memory of. Um, but maybe that's why he was so courageous and he was able to do the things he did because he knew what he believed in. That's he wasn't good. he wasn't trying to figure out that aspect of himself. Yeah, that was one less thing he had to worry about. He was selfless. Yeah. That's good. Well, it depends. I get probably yeah. depends on who who worked for him. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. That's good. But it even then, I mean, that's a that's a challenge in itself. Which is find find your purpose and don't lose it. Yeah, because we you know we could probably keep going and, and losing purpose once you transition. Yeah, from service to just a civil, regular old small Joe civilian, uh, and a lot of service members find, lose purpose because they've lost their brothers and sisters in arms. Or you could say hope, too. Oh? Yeah. Huh. Hope is, uh, if you ever read Victor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning, I think that's the title of it. He taught, he, you know, he went through concentration camps and became a psychotherapist after he survived all that. And basically the thesis of what he's saying there is the difference between people who survived and those who didn't uh, was a thing called hope. Believing in something more than themselves. Having something that they relied upon. Uh, and he said, he said that was the biggest defining factor of people who survived is they had, they never lost their hope. Oh. I'm about to read. And this is how you end it. There's no atheists in foxholes. Yeah. That's crazy. I'd how like you started it. <laughs> there might you. be one or two out there. <laughs> yeah. but, you know. I, uh, there is, there is. Cause I, I'm sure I've had this conversation with close Marines, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, well, you're not in that predicament right now, but if you were, yeah. you'd be praying to somebody. That's the beautiful thing of this nation, you know, exercise of free religion. Yeah. Um, but I hope uh, people find hope in whatever it is they believe. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you. Uh, again, thank you, sir. Uh, Chaplain Sean Redman. Uh, where can where can they reach you if uh, if they ha- if they have some more questions and, and they find you a inspirational times you know saved a life times whatever it is that they're looking for at the time yeah uh, how can they how can they reach you do you have social media handles do you have anywhere they linkedin anything no i you know i broke up with social media a while ago just uh-huh. because it was chaos it was distraction in my life it okay. kept me from the quiet time i do have facebook but it's usually deactivated unless <laughs> i need to get on uh facebook marketplace and buy some <laughs> Or connect with an old veteran friend. Yeah. I, I do have Facebook Messenger. Okay. Uh, but I think you have to be a friend of mine to access me there. But uh, I'll give my, uh, I have a personal email people can email me at. Uh, it's it's my spam email, so I'm not worried about any of that happening. But it is R-E-V, uh, V as in Victor, like Rev. And then my last name, R-E-D-M-O-N-1 at Hotmail.com. It's Hotmail. It's old. That is. That, that, you, that's that, all you that know. You're old, so. sir. Yeah. You're aging yourself right now. Say that again one more time. So Rev as in Reverend, right? R-E-V. And then my last name, R-E-D-M-O-N-1 at Hotmail.com. That's it. All the kids in the stores laugh at me when they when they hear Hotmail. So. <laughs> I'm laughing now. I only know one other person. Chief Monster 5, Pierce. He's out in headquarters Marine Corps. Hotmail. I'm like. What are you doing here? You need to upgrade to at least a Gmail. Everybody has Gmail now. Yeah, well, I have a Gmail, but I use that for like business stuff. So. Fair. That's fair. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chaps Redman. Uh, you got his email handle. 
not social media because you broke up with her a long time yeah. ago. I'm sure she's knocking at the door. She wants you back eventually. I, you know, I've never had an Instagram account, Snapchat, any of that. So the only thing I ever had was Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that's when you were required to have a college email address. This is when Facebook first started, right? You had to have that .edu yeah. email address to even have Facebook. Wow. So that's the only thing I've ever had in... Uh, I'm probably a better person not being distracted by all that. That's good. Hey, take some time, be still, and know that I am God, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Not me, but that's what he's telling you, <laughs> right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pit Talk, pulling pits and opinions with your host, Gunny G, and, and the guest, special guest, Chapson Redman. Uh, if you if you don't follow, like or subscribe, follow, like, subscribe, everywhere you get show, uh, social media, excuse me, uh, podcast, and uh, basically most social media platforms, uh, one man, a fighting hole, uh, let me know what you think and then uh, email Chaps Redman. He's available. That's what he's for. Yeah. Work them till the last day. And just know these all these opinions stated today are only solely Lieutenant Sean P. Redman, United States <laughs> Navy Chaplain Corps. It's not the opinion of the Navy oh. or the Chaplain Corps. They're all mine. You're good. You're good. So. Sir. The disclaimer is already at the front at the end of it. Yeah. You'll be all right. But thank you for your time again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pit Talk Pulling Pits and Opinions with your host, Gunny G. We out. Chaps out. Pitbuck is a podcast featuring active service members discussing thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of our events and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, your discretion advice. Thank you.